Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff, and this is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is the audio pulled from one of our daily drop-ins. That's right, the daily drop-ins are back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, August 3rd to August 14th. We're here to support you, dropping in every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time over on Facebook and our Facebook group over on Twitter, Periscope, on YouTube, and on Twitch. So join us every morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and enjoy this bonus episode. Good morning, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Uh, we got a full full crew here. I, I still love that intro. I can't go. It's, it's a lot of fun to just sit here and listen to. I'll kind of like start dancing. Uh, so good morning. We are live here for our daily drop and We are on Facebook. We're in our Facebook group. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. So if you are with us, jump in, say hello. Let us know what's going on. I've got Amanda Post with me. I've got Jen Reed. I've got Bobby French. How are you all feeling right now? Good. Yeah, Very excited good. to be here. here. Yeah. Awesome. Good morning, Nikki. Good to see you. Um, so let's let's get right in. So first off, if you if you're watching, make sure that you're saying hello. Uh, give us a like. Share this with one of your colleagues, one of your friends. If you're listening on the podcast, obviously this has been recorded. So make sure you join us in either in the group or on one of our social media channels tomorrow morning for our live, and you can get into the comments and stuff as well. So. Good to see you. Uh, let's go around. For anyone who's who's jumping in, I'm going to say hi to a few more people, and then I'm going to have everybody introduce you. So Holly's here. Good morning, Carly. Nikki, thanks for the compliment on the intro. Uh, who's saying hi to Jen here? That's uh, Kara says hello. And Anne, good to see you both. Maggie, how are you? Partner in crime down there. Amanda. <laughs> so, all right. So let's take for, for anyone who's, who's jumping in here and maybe doesn't know one of the three of you, or maybe doesn't know all of you. Um, let's go around and we'll just, just introduce yourself. Let us know where you're at, what you teach, what your role is in education, what you, and how you're feeling this morning. Uh, Amanda, why don't you start us off? All right. Um, my name is Amanda Post and I am a second grade teacher in Southeast Ohio. Um, and Jeff mentioned my partner in crime, Maggie, in the comments. Uh, for the past three years has been my teaching teammate. And uh, we were both lucky enough to become Teach Better Ambassadors, which is exciting. Um, Maggie has taken a new position this year in order to teach her daughter. So um, she's navigating a new grade level at a new building in our district. And I'm navigating a new teammate. So, um, and so is she. So um, it's a little different for us, but super excited to still have her in my corner and just so glad to be on with you guys today. Oh well, well. Congrats on the the move. I, I don't know if con- is it congrats that she's leaving you or good um, luck. I think. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm like I'm something's off with her. the force now. Like the universe is un unbalanced. Like I didn't know that. I just found that out. So well, but that's, that's we, great that she's. We were, we were in a training with Chad, and he uh, helping him Uh-oh. out with the teachers, and and he, you know, mentioned that it's actually better because now we get to spread what we do with other mm-hmm. people. Um, yes. And the, so the two of you I'm are very I happy mean, for her. Um, yes. You know, it's a little sad for me, but I'm excited to see kind of all. Oh, thanks, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> uh, good morning to Becky. Joe, what's going on, sir? Jillian, good to see you. Uh, let's go. Bobby, you next. 
Good morning. So I'm Bobby French, and I'm an educational leader out in central Massachusetts. Um, I also um, am the co-founder of Lead Learn Hope, so starting an educational consulting company to provide professional development for teachers, especially during um, you know these kind of crazy times as everyone's trying to unlearn some things and relearn some new things as they're they're kicking off a new school year in a pandemic. So it's been kind of a whirlwind, and just happy to be here with you guys. Good, happy to have you here with us, uh, Jen. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm Jen Reed. I am. I have a dual role. I am the curriculum and instruction coach for our school. It's a K four, so preschool all the way through twelve private school in Washington. So it's six a.m. No, so it's early this morning, Jen. <laughs> Um, and I do want to say good morning to my friend, Kara. She is also a teacher here. She teaches sixth grade and she is amazing. We have been working on writing grids this summer together. So that's nice. been really fun. I also cool. teach high school English, uh, which is a new role to me last year. I've taught kindergarten, fifth grade, sixth grade, and now uh, high school English. So lots of different roles and um my curriculum and instruction role right now is uh like bobby said we're in the middle of a pandemic we're trying to support staff and students and families and write plan uh return to school plans and it's just been a whirlwind for sure um and i mean you oh. all have been oh go ahead each better ambassador I, got yeah, I, I, I was going to say something, but you got there. So that's good. Um, yeah. So we have, you know, uh, Amanda and, um, and Jen are both ambassadors. Uh, Jen and Bobby are both uh, pretty much every single week in our admin mastermind. Uh, so a lot of, you know, a lot of connection to, to all three of you. It's an awesome having you in here. Um, I'm going to shout out Maggie too, because she's been in the comments and stuff and her and Amanda are the ones that we turn to so often to show off the awesomeness that they do with running grids in those the elementary classrooms, which is, and you, the two of you have stepped up so many times to help us out with easing the minds of, of their uh, elementary teachers who are considering it and things like that. I know you guys, you recently did actually did work with a district with Chad, which is really cool. Um, and Chad was blown away by how awesome you did. So uh, we heard great things from that school as well, too. So shout out to all of you there. So um, got more people jumping in here. Good morning, uh, Becky. Always awesome to see you. Lindsay's here. Andrea, good morning. So that means maybe Luke's around, too, somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so so we're here. You know, it's, what, the 13th. So some people, are, a lot of people are getting ready to go back to classrooms next week. Some may already be there now. I know... A district I worked with yesterday, I got to work with 70, some, I think 70 teachers um, and uh, from Illinois, they were like, today kids came back. Um, so like they were jumping right into it. Uh, so where are you at? Uh, Amanda, let's, uh, where are you, when are you, when are you starting up? Because Ohio I found is all different. In fact, two days ago when I was on, I had three teachers all from Ohio, but three different districts and three completely different, like very different plans, start dates, everything. When are you back? And are you back face-to-face, -face, hybrid, virtual? Um, so teachers start Monday. Um, okay. And we actually are doing five days a week face-to-face -face, uh, with students. Um, so that didn't change. Did, did that change at all with the – because the, the, the state just laid out, like, another mandate. And, and I know my county changed when that changed. So our school went from – where my kids go went from 
there was two options. You could you could go fully virtual or it was face to face five days, and then they shifted that already the uh, the other day to go an A B schedule. Yeah, we've been five days face to face since okay. the beginning. Uh, we did offer an online option that we did vet out to a company for um, students to choose. Okay. Um, and you know, I know that in my classroom, my class list has started to dwindle. Um, I think I have four four or five students who are taking that option. Um, so I'm down to around 15 students. Okay. Um, but students start Wednesday next week and we're doing a slow start. So we are doing last names A through L on Wednesday okay. and then M through Z on Thursday. And then on Friday, no students, just staff. And we're going to meet and kind of hash out any problems reflect, or yep. hiccups. Gotcha. And then all students on the 24th. So using those two days as a slow start to um, introduce kids to the social distancing pieces in place. And then Friday, that's a great step because on Friday you can reflect on, hey, this didn't work and or oh, this seems yeah. to be and put some things in place. So yeah, uh, interesting. Okay. I think it's also, we aren't really sure what things look like. So once sure. it's in there, you know, yeah. we may have better ideas. You know, we have some things laid out um, and, you know, our district has been pretty good about informing us, but there are just mm -hmm. so many we don't know things yeah. right now mm -hmm. so um I, I say that and my new my new mantra is i don't know because <laughs> i don't know that's um, always been my mantra man that's really good <laughs> so you know we're just kind of going with the flow which is hard mm -hmm. uh especially yeah. for me i'm not a go with the flow kind of person i like a plan but yeah. um you know we're trying our best and we'll make it work i think it's okay to not know and yeah. to be a little anxious about this. None of us have walked this path before. Mm -hmm. And so just, uh, I love that you guys are doing the slow start and uh, just working out the kinks. That's going to be good communication and just trying it and figuring out what you still haven't, you didn't know you didn't plan. Good. Yeah, and I think Amanda, you said you you like to have a plan. I think you do have a plan. It's just you're you're you do right. You have a plan, but, you, but you're planning. You're I, we say it in our book, and I would say like you're planning to not plan, right? Because you're planning mm -hmm. to have to adjust. But if you really think back, like all the plans you had, how many of them actually went the way you planned them to go? None of them, probably, right? So. Uh, of all the people in the world, I mean, teachers are so much more prepared for this craziness than anyone else because that's how it always is, right? So it's just another one of those plans that we're going to have to, you, you get in there. And unfortunately, like, it's another thing. The unfortunate part is that we're talking about health risk in this stuff, but it's another thing that, unfortunately, we're not going to know what actually works until we get a little hands-on, which is obviously not great because of the pandemic. But, I, you know, I, you're going to be all right. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. We're going to adjust. I, I do really like that slow start idea with the reflection. I think that's a really good good setup there. So um, that's a good way to do it there. Jen, where are you at? Because you're, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a private school, right? So it's slightly different, a little more leeway in what you guys can do versus what the state demands, right? So where are you at? What's the plan right now? So the teachers go back a week from Monday and we okay. have an entire week of just prepping, planning, talking through what it's going to look like, uh, professional development, that kind of thing. And then the kids start on the first and okay. we have, um, we closed enrollment. Uh, we have a waiting list a mile long for every grade level, which is amazing, but also sad because they want to come here, but we just can't, we can't yeah. because we've had to, 
uh, spread the desks six feet apart and we had to measure every room. And so every classroom allows for a different number of students. And so Mm -hmm. it was actually quite the puzzle uh, to put together, but uh, the kids will have to wear masks in the hallways and transitions, etc. But because they're, they'll be separated six feet apart, they'll be able to take them off while in the classrooms. Uh, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, or unless they uh, are together for partner work or mm-hmm. small group work for really short periods of time, they'll have to put those masks on. But yeah. Are you adjusting the um, the class schedules for to adjust those transitions to be a little more staggered? I ha- I have I've been surprised that I haven't seen that as much as I thought we would see because my thought was with schools one of the one of the advantages if you if, look at it that way for schools is that you control everyone's schedule. Mm-hmm. So instead of everyone in the hall at once, you could just release certain classes. Yes, it's going to change class times and that's just another one of those things but i haven't seen that as much or heard that as much and maybe i just haven't heard that but are you adjusting that where maybe only a couple classes release at a time so there's not as many kids in the hallway so that's that's an excellent question so like i said we are k4 through 12 so Mm -hmm. there's lots of dynamic there uh on the elementary side we are having the kids come in a little differently they're not all coming in at the same time Uh, so they will, they'll just come in and go right to their classrooms, to their desks. So they, instead of, uh, we had, we used to have them greet, um, and hang out Mm -hmm. in the front and then we would do our, our morning thing, welcome them. And then they would all like pile in. So we're not going to do that this year. (laughs) No piling in in this year. Uh, we'll play fun music and, you know, welcome them, but it'll Mm -hmm. be one kid at a time because we're going to have to take their temperature, um, and all that. So on the elementary side, that's what that's going to look like on the secondary side. It's a little more, uh, complex because we have the middle school and the high school all in one hallway. So one of the things that we did was uh, we created two lunches. So instead of the kids going to lunch all Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, middle school will go to lunch at a different time as high school. So that'll keep them out of being in the lunchroom and in the, you know, wandering the hallways, et cetera. Um, But the class schedule, we talked about uh, maybe you know, staggering, but then because the small school in just one hallway, what would happen if we released some classes, they would all end up hanging out in the hallway together while they waited for the next classes to come out, you know, if we staggered sure. it. Yep. So it's really not going to work. So instead they've got to, yeah, put yeah there would be, there'd be a lot of additional work you'd have to do logistically about strategically releasing, which is harder to do when you have individual classrooms, stuff like that. I don't yeah. think, I don't know if that's something that can be put in place now. If you haven't did that, if you haven't planned for that early, cause you have to really st- strategically place teachers in different rooms, which obviously creates a whole nother issue of mm-hmm. change rooms, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, um, been, it's been crazy. To try are you, are all. you separating and, and things marked off in the lunchroom as, as well to have that social distancing and stuff? Is that, that's so, going to be a point of concern yeah. because in a classroom is a little more management, right? You have a little more uh, structured management where in the, in the lunchroom with more kids, they're all different. Like it's, there's a, there's a larger population to control in a larger room, right? So we're going to have to do a lot of training 
the, you know, the first mm-hmm. couple weeks is going to be social, emotional, figure out where those kids are at. They've all been through a ton of trauma and a ton of um, transition and a lot of unknown. And we just don't know where they've been um, emotionally and spiritually um, uh, and academically, of course. Mm-hmm. But also we're going to have to do a ton of, tra- of training in, okay, this is what lunch looks like. You can't sit right next to one another. Uh, we are opening up a bunch of classrooms and the teachers will have to hang out in the classrooms and the kids can sit at the desks, which are social distance for mm-hmm. uh, lunch. So it's just going to look a little different, but uh, we yeah. are so, so, so thankful that we can be together, yeah. get yeah. to be together. And mm-hmm. we know that that is, uh, um, it wasn't a given. And so we're just, we just have to hold on to that. Every time we feel frustrated by the mandates and the procedures, we just have to remember we get to be together. We get to be together. So. Yeah. You know, Dave, Dave Schmidt was in there and he mentioned it uh, yesterday during our uh, brain break about have tos to, to get to your get tos. Right. So yes. the social, dis- explaining that to the, the kids and your teachers, as you get frustrated, right. The things you have to do, which is the social distancing and organizing and following these new rules and, uh, and dealing with the way it looks get you to the get to of being able to see face to face and stuff. So I think that's a a nice connection there. So Bobby, uh, I know you just, you know, just ran an ed camp. So you were talking with hundreds of teachers uh, and stuff like that. You've been doing a lot and stuff. So, and I know you do, you know, you have a lot of connection in a lot of the schools in your area and in your state. Where, where are you like, as far as the state, how varying are the, the schools around you going back and, and the teachers that you're working with and schools you're working with, like, Where's everyone's mind at in Massachusetts right now? Oh my gosh. In Massachusetts. So I it's <laughs> um, all over the place, of course. Right? <laughs> so I'm a very active member in our local association, MSAA. So we um have been having meetings um, <coughs> you know, weekly um at the elementary level, and then we do an all-level meeting. I can tell you Massachusetts is all over the map. You know, our governor is believing in local control, although all the school districts had to submit three plans: a remote plan, a hybrid plan, an in-person plan. Um, and right now it varies from district to district yep. um, and it's changing, you know, um, with what's happening. So there are some districts that are going full in person, you know, they're making it, they're making mm-hmm. it work. They're figuring out transportation. You know, I haven't heard anybody, you know, mention that too much, but out here, the transportation, you know, one child to a seat when you were having three kids on a bus. So some of the districts can't even afford the transportation to get the kids, you know, into school, you know, and then trying the hybrid models. Um, you know, like you said, you know, mentioned something a little earlier, Jeff, like they're in school for two days, but then they have five days off, you know? Yeah. So, you know, cause then they'll have yep. closed the schools for Wednesday to clean, have a new cohort on Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, and then a lot of the remote, a lot of them have phased in. So if they're starting remotely, then there's dates by like October, November, they want to try to get kids into the building. Um, mm-hmm. But the concern there is what if, you know, then you start to see a rise once we're all in our houses and not outside yep. as much as the, you know, we creep towards fall and and winter. So there's just, there's so much, but in Massachusetts too, they changed the um, schools used to have to be in session for 180 days. So Mm -hmm. for this year, it's 170 days, which allows school districts up to 10 days of professional development before school starts because that like, yeah. And like I talked about that PD right now is so important um, for teachers. So we normally would start anywhere from the few days before Labor Day to the Tuesday after Labor Day in Massachusetts. Okay. There's a little flexibility. So a lot of schools are starting 
after that, but no later than yep. September 14th. We're seeing, so. a, we're seeing a lot of, yeah, a lot of districts around the country pushing back two, three weeks. Um, and a lot because they're trying to fill in, maybe not, I don't, not a lot have gotten 10 days, but they're getting at least like an extra three to five days for specifically for, um, you know, this type of thing. So I think, I, I think, well, there's a good chance by the end of this year, we're going to see a lot of shifts or maybe some, at least some movement at the state levels of those types of mandates of days and time and right. Cause days, every state is different on what a day is right. Based on how long the kid has to sit in a seat or whatever. Well, when you've got. 25, 50, 70% of your students at home. Now there's, there's no, it's not the same, right? It's not, there's no equity there in that sense. And so it's gotta be adjusted. So it's going to be interesting to see how they shift those things. Uh, and hopefully it moves to more of a mastery based approach at the state level, but that's kind of, that be we'll nice? that, yeah, we'll how quickly <laughs> they move on that or how quickly they forget, um, when things settle down. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting to talk about how different they are, right? I mean, Monday we had Brianne, Mark, and, um, also with me on here i'm sorry whoever i forgot uh <laughs> just yell at me later but m the mark was the one i was specifically going to talk to because mark teaches uh Tomage, which is literally five minutes down the road from me and they're completely different than what my kids school district's doing right it's just a very different it doesn't matter how far how close you are it's just so different and you know what's going on back at where i you know an hour away where where i grew up is they're going back completely different than we are and a lot of it's because based on i'm not sure how it is in in your uh your areas bobby and, and jen but you know a lot of what our schools are doing is based on what the county color is the color co uh, code based on cases and rise or or plateau and so that's what happened in our county of summit is that they were we were set you know to go five days or you could choose four in in the the five days plan yeah you, you had a gold plan or a maroon plan one was full online the other one was based on what the color is and just this past this, this week, I think it was on Monday, uh, it went from five to hybrid because that's the second level because our cases went up in the county. Um, so like, you know, that's sort of this this shift of like we might go back, but then two days later the county adjusts it and we have to change completely. Yeah. Or now it's like we're going back on the A B schedule. But if the county says, Hey, things are looking good, now we adjust back to five, or do you keep it because people get um, you know, settled into that type of schedule? It's gonna be really it's such a big challenge for parents to know with that and then you tack on a teacher who are also parents like it's nuts that, so that's the organization um, of it i can't you know yeah. remembering that my kid needed you know book fair money today now i gotta remember is today a school day is today a homeschool day yeah. you know i mean yeah. fluid and flexibility and the problem yep. here too that you might see is you're a teacher in one district but your kids go to another district is, yeah. so now you're on a completely different schedule mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then the other debate here is whether teachers should be teaching from the classroom or home if they're remote. Mm -hmm. And we're you seeing know? that a lot of school, like the, so the district I woke with yesterday, they're fully, rem uh, they're remote, but the teachers report. Um, and I've, we see a lot of that where the teachers are reporting and being in school, but the, the kids are still doing remote or we're seeing a, we've seen some hybrid where teachers might teach in person, but it's only the first half of the day. Then they shift to teaching the kids that are at home and the kids that are at school can either jump into that virtually or just go home. And it's just like, it's so all over the place. Um, Isn't it amazing the um, tenacity and just the strength that teachers oh, and, and educators yes. have shown lately? Like, it's unreal. It blows my mind. Such amazing people we have taking yes. care of the kids in this country and all over the world. Like we all just, oh, we have to go remote tomorrow. 
okay, let's do it. You know, like, I'm just, I'm blown away by the beauty of this profession. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, go ahead, Amanda. No matter what the situation is, hybrid, remote, in-person, teachers have the exact same concerns about their students. And it's not even about the academic part to start. It's about their emotional, physical well-being. And, you know, I was talking to, I just recently moved uh, to a new neighborhood and and I was talking to a a neighbor who teaches second grade in a different district uh, than I do. And, you know, listening to her talk, I'm going, oh my gosh, you feel the exact same way that I do about everything. (laughs) And, And that's one thing that I've learned, especially with, you know, being in close contact with our ambassador group. I don't know if you feel this way, Jen, but like people all over the country people in different countries feel the exact same way that we do. Mm So, um, you know, approaching this from a social emotional for students, but also for teachers, we have to take care of ourselves as well. And I think that, you know, me connecting with this teacher in my, my neighborhood yesterday, she's like, Oh, well, you know, we'll talk shop. And if you have an idea, let me know. And if I have an idea, I'll let you know. And we work in totally different districts. There's no, I mean, that is the first time I've met her. And, you know, she's like, I heard you were a second grade teacher. Let's talk. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that I feel like right now, you know, no matter what it is, we are working mm-hmm. together as educators to make it as great of an, of an experience for students as we possibly can. Yeah. And I think... And I t- I- Go ahead, Bobby. I was just going to jump on there, Amanda, because that's so... Jeff, you mentioned my ed camp yesterday. So, you know, my friend Ann and I, we um, did Ed Camp Lead Learn Hope yesterday. We had the Chad Ostrowski with us too. Um, but what was great is we had teachers, a lot of them were from Massachusetts, but there were others from, you know, across the country. Brad Hughes joined us from Canada. They just wanted to talk to other educators. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously did it virtually, but they wanted to talk and share those ideas. Um, I'm sure there was a little commiserating that went along with that, but, you know, they had some ideas and, you know, they all felt kind of that rejuvenation now to kick off the school year. Yep. Um, because I think this isn't a summer where our teachers rested and relaxed and got, you know, they're not excited. They're not in their classrooms putting students' names on everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a different start to the school year. So, you know, kind of bringing them all together with that virtual ed camp gave them that opportunity to talk to educators. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's that's the reason why we do these drop-ins too, yeah. is, is yeah. this, because there are people watching right now or listening later or watching later that are listening to the three of you talk about the same exact things that they're thinking about, that they're yeah. worrying about, that they're stressing about, and that they're, or that they're hopeful about all those things, right? It's the same thing because like you were saying is that they're all worried about the same thing. They're students. And, and there, there's a lot of different things you can worry about, but it all comes right. back to just worrying about, are my students going to be okay? Are they okay? So go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry, I, I cut you no, off there. Um, I th- I was just wanting to add to that the whole idea of the theme that we've kind of seen throughout the daily drop-ins and throughout other things of um, growing your PLN and this these virtual friends. I haven't met any of you, but. Whenever I see you, I think, oh, there's my friend, Bobby. There's my friend, Amanda. Oh, there's Jeff. Oh, he's live. Cool. You know, like, I can't tell you how I felt at the end of the spring. You know, we just gave and gave and gave. And we were all in fight, flight, or freeze response for months. Um, 
But having the uh, connections and building those connections with Teach Better and on Twitter and just, it's like it filled my cup those things that I wasn't getting. And I think that's true for a lot of teachers. Like we all kind of came out of the woodwork, like we got to be together or we're not going to make it. And I think it's just been a beautiful testament to, yes, you can, you can build relationships virtually. Yes. Teachers that are fully remote, like that's not me, but I totally feel you. And I feel like, what we did over the spring and the summer in building these relationships, we just have to take that, figure out how that worked and, um, and apply it to the classroom, to the virtual classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, because the daily drop-ins, just the opportunity to come watch us, talk to us. If you want to, you don't have to, you can watch it later. Uh, the different, just so many different venues to like bring people in and make people feel like they belong. And that's what the teachers needed. And I just think it's, that's what the kids need too. So I just feel like that's definitely something that I have seen happen over the spring and the summer. That's just also been very beautiful. And Jen, you bring up a real good point, and I've, I, I, I think I'm a broken record on this. I've been saying a lot lately is that, you know, a big fear or a big worry, a big concern in, point of anxiety is that if you are uh, teaching either fully remotely or you have a bunch of your students remotely is how do I build those relationships with those kids? I'm out there at a high five and stuff like that. And Jen, you just pointed out like we've never met. So we've never high fived. We've never hugged. Right. But we've got a pretty strong relationship, I'd argue. And so I think the important memory is while, yes, I'm a very kinesthetic person. I love hugging. I love high. I love high fiving. Like what's this <laughs> Barney Stenson's like style. Right? But like, but the, that's I, I enjoy high five people who I yeah. who I already care for anyway the, more right the hugs better because you like you already love that person right and so that has nothing to do with touch that's just an additional piece of it right another way to express it you can build those relationships the same thing your kids fall in love with you not because you high five them they fall in love with you because they want like they want to high five you because they already fall in love with you right so because you've built that relationship so I think it's the same way. So I think you, you touched on a really good point there, Jen, is like, think of all the ways that you've built this PLN over the last couple months when you've had to and the way you've built these relationships, the way you've maybe built before the pandemic when you just building your PLN digitally. That's how you need to build it now with your your colleagues that you might not be in the same school with because you're you're all digital and your students and stuff too. I think that's, that's the focus. And my phone is ringing right now really early in the morning. <laughs> I thought it was mine. <laughs> No, so we have a we have a house phone. <laughs> I'm going way off subject, and we literally only have it so that my nephew can call my son to play Fortnite. Like that's the only reason we have the phone in our house. So um, it's almost always them. That was a random one, but normally it's them. So, but no, I think that's 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 a really important piece to remember is that you can still build those relationships. And also, you need to think of all those ways that you built those relationships and really focus even more so than ever building those those relationships with your community with your parents and stakeholders, but yeah. just your community at large, because that's more important now than it ever has been. Because you know, as we've talked about, things are changing literally hour to hour, minute to minute, and they don't necessarily get all that or get the same info or get it delivered the same way. And so now it's up to us and in, in districts to to make sure that they are up to date, that they that they feel comfortable with things that are going on and that you're listening to them, I think is so crucial right now. 
Yeah. And I think more people are willing, you know, to do these kind of video type call things, you know, like the Zooms, the Google Meets, you know, and just building that peel in. I think some of our paraprofessionals in the spring got to know each other more because we had a Zoom meeting once a week. They never got to see each other if they worked in different sides of the building. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they, the paraprofessionals love that we'd have a paraprofessional only meeting, you know, once a week, just so that, you know, they could still have that connection, see each other. You know, I think it's so important, but you can, I mean, exactly. Like when I finally meet any of you in person, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, but when I, you know, the power of PLN, like if you're not on Twitter, like sign up right now, get out your phone, follow the four of us, like grow your connections. But last summer I went to Spokane, Washington for NAESP and there were people that I was connected with in my PLN on Twitter for two years before then, but we saw each other and we were like long lost friends. Like it was yep. just the best thing, you know? Oh, and- Bobby, I wish I had known you were in Washington. I know Chicago next year. But yeah. And that's, and I think something that we, that we sometimes forget about is with kids, kids that are, you know, high school and younger at this point, like they've, They've always built their life in in here, right? Virtual worlds. Like we can complain about it all we want, but like the reality is a lot of their real world is this. Like that's just the reality of it, right? And our I think our nostalgia of, of how we built relationships makes us forget that sometimes. And I'm not downplaying the importance of important at all, but the worry about it is like, can we harness that and help them to build yeah. stronger relationships utilizing what they already go to? Because whether we like it or not, they're going to build relationships that way. Some of my son's best friends are people that he plays Fortnite with that he's never met. Yeah. But when he hears their voice, he lights up in a way no one he knows in person, right? Because that's he connects. They have a different connection. They're 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 working together. There's teamwork. They're laughing. They're having a fun time, right? They're going through trauma of getting killed in Fortnite together. Like, <laughs> I understand. It's you know what I mean, but like that for them, right? Yeah. So so there's a there's we can build these things and we didn't learn that from a very young age on how to build relationships this way. They, they have, they always have. So now can we just continue to help them um, and, and build it with them while we need to. And then when we have the opportunity to be in person and to high five and to hug, we can just enhance all those things. Uh, And I think that's, it's important to remember that it's, it's not being a person that did it. You built relationships because you're great at building relationships with kids. And focus on that point. And so. I think the Twitter chats, I am trying to figure out how to utilize that with the kids because what that will help them do is take what they already can do well with the building relationships virtually uh, and introduce the idea of critical thinking and really thinking mm-hmm. through who you are and seeing um, how your friends think. And so um, I just think that if we can push them now, uh, to do a few of the things that we do mm-hmm. to grow our PLN and to just grow our minds and to become better. Um, yeah. I think that that'll be good for them too, to see the value in that. Also something uh, I mentioned it the other day, I, th- I don't know if it, I think it was on live. Um, this idea of like kids there, there's, there's a little bit of a, if you want to take the positive look on, on kids who are learning remotely or even hybrid is that, when I'm behind a when you're behind a keyboard, you're more likely to share than if I'm in a room for 30 of my peers that are going to judge me. And even though I might, I should know that they're going to see what I say. I don't feel the same. And I talked about a buddy of mine that actually teaches a social media marketing course at Youngstown State University. And I think it was, it's been four years now, three or four years ago. He implemented it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Friday, 
is kids don't come to class. They participate in a Twitter chat. And he says since he implemented that and still on, he still runs it that way. The questions he get are more in depth. They're stronger. They're, they're asking more of the basic questions that they might have not, which would form gaps because they never asked because they were afraid to do this and be judged. Uh, they're more willing to share. And he says his grades have – He's in, he feels he has increased the rigor of his content, but his, all of his students are performing better. Now, that's, then that's college level, but you're still right. looking at high school, middle school. I mean, the, the, the pressure of – I mean, you never raised your hand. I always hid. Even when I knew it, I didn't want to talk, right? So, like, there's an opportunity there if we look at it that way of, okay, maybe I'm going to have an opportunity to get to know them better because they're more willing to type it out to me when they don't see my face because they feel like they're getting judged. Maybe they get judged in other areas of life. So, there's those opportunities too. So, I think it's all about looking at can you find the positive in the in the rough situation to then focus on that and try to harness some of the potential um opportunity we have for the, that type of stuff too i think i mean you think about a lot of why we connect the way we do via our pln on twitter and stuff like that is because of that exact same reason because as a teacher as a professional anything i'm willing to go out on twitter and share what i'm really thinking what frustrates me what worries me my my um my self-doubt and stuff because i don't have to see eyes right and then you get some positivity back. And that's why we get connected the way we do. And and that's why, or that's why I argue that that's why we have a strong connection and we've never been all the hug. Right. right? So, right. um, yeah. just having that in mind with your students too, like yeah. you might have that ability to do that. So anyway, lots of, and not to mention you can, it's how you look at it. You can also Go embed ahead, that digital liter the digital literacy in there too. Yep. You know, yeah, so I mean that to me, you're, you know, when you're talking about your middle and your high school kids, like that's an important skill that you can, mm -hmm. that you can embed right in there. But, you know, we yeah. were talking in one of the social, emotional, social, emotional learning sessions at, at camp yesterday too, about kids and giving them different opportunities. Cause you have the kids that on the video, they just want to be the center of attention. They don't mind talking and you know participating but then you have your kids that would rather do that through the chat you know because mm -hmm. they would rather type it out you know and i actually move my index cards downstairs but i have index cards that can say i agree hello you mm -hmm. know so kids can just hold up the cards so you know now i have teachers that are probably having their whole classes make these index cards because then you can participate without it being in yep. the chat or there so they mm -hmm. have multiple modalities so i think there's a yep. lot more ways than if you were just in the classroom because just in the classroom it was raise your hand and get called on or cold called on but virtually you have many other ways that you can try to participate and By the way, teach, go ahead sorry bobby I, I didn't but no i just gonna say but they found at the high school level kids with anxiety did much better in the virtual world than they did in class teachers are the same way yeah. teachers have much different <laughs> questions on in a chat than they do when you bring them on a video um and stuff like that not all but a lot of them because they're it's it's the same thing fear of judgment yeah. doesn't go away after high school it gets no. a whole lot worse. Exactly. A lot worse when you get in the real world. A lot of people don't realize that. As adults, we're way – like until you get to the point where you just don't care about anything, which is a whole other story. But like like there's a lot of – it gets, It can get brutal, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that it's all looking at the – you can look. You can find the positive in it You can and then try to harness those things. I saw a meme that, this morning that said um, – it was about perspective. I'm probably going to mess it up. It was um, – we can complain about a rose having thorns, or we can rejoice in the fact that the uh, a, a rose bush having thorns, or we can rejoice in the fact that the thorn bush has roses. <laughs> and it's just this flip of how we look at it, right? So we can, can we can complain about the fact that we don't get to see our kids, or we can find these little positives 
and try to harness that positive to build those relationships in a different way. So I think that's one of the things that came out of this crisis that we were in is realizing how many things we miss and what we had, but we weren't, uh, we weren't being thankful for or noticing that now we can stop and go, oh, wow, we get yeah. to be together. Or, you know, like just I am super excited to see how many kids who seven months ago would have said, I hate school. I don't want to be there. I'm they are going to run into that building. So excited to see all their friends that they haven't seen for so long. And I just think that, you know, we have a new perspective and yeah. we can harness that. Or we can lose that and we kind of get to decide as educators, we get to help those kids um, really see what they can learn from all of this. So I think it's now, an opportunity for sure. The fun thing is going to be, Jen, about two weeks and they're going to be back to, oh, I hate school. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the positive in that is that that's going to show you that kids are resilient in the sense of like, Yes, it's crazy. It's not what we want to be, but they can adapt. And now that becomes because when kids get back to complain about school, that means they're back into feeling normal again, right? Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. So they'll be back. Now we can hopefully remind them of what they missed and change. But if they get back to that, then they're back to, okay, I'm in school. This is just how my life is. I got to do social distance. I wear a mask, whatever. I don't like math. Right. Right. Now we're back to dealing with the problems we originally dealt with is how do I get the kid to like math, right? Yeah. Versus worrying about those things, right? So they're going to get there. It's going to happen really quick. Uh, I think quicker than most, but I also just going back, like I'm envisioning like, you know, how your kids get really excited that like when you get back from break, they want to come hug you and they're super excited. Imagine a kid that you build a strong relationship with that's never got to hug you ever. The first time they get to come running into you, that's uh -huh. going to be like, never let go. Like think about epic. those things. And I'm, I'm going to go back to Dave's has to to get to we have to do these things this way to get yes. to those and to get yeah. to do those things i think is going to be really a, a good thing so um yeah that's an uh, i think we need to keep that in mind like how much they're craving that i ran into a mom not a student but a mom <laughs> of a student uh at a in Oregon, they can still have uh, sport camps as long as they're just a certain number of kids and they're wearing masks, etc. And so I took my kiddo to a sport camp in Oregon and ran into a mom I hadn't seen in a while. She grabbed a hold of me and did seriously did not let go. I am not exaggerating. She's like, is it okay if I just don't let go? It had to have been over a minute. She just held me. And I just think about how our students are going to feel. And I mean, this was a mama. And so I just think we need to keep that in mind that there's a lot that they're missing. So like yeah. you said, when we finally do be, when we finally are able to get together with these students that may be new to us and that we're mm -hmm. building new relationships with, that's going to be really special. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to go back to what Danielle said about her biggest fear is judgment from parents you know, you have to think about parents as your partners right now. Mm -hmm. If you are in person teaching like I am, parents are going to be worried and they're going to be concerned. And you need to find a way to communicate what is going on in your classroom, especially at the beginning of the year uh, with them. Because if they don't hear anything, they're going to hear stories from their kids yes. and they're not going to hear what you want them to actually hear from the day. Um, I 
our Teach Better Ambassador Challenge this week is sharing something we're doing for kids. And uh, I shared in our group that what I'm doing is for kids and for families because, you know, we're starting five days in person, but who knows mm-hmm. when that switch is going to occur if we go to a hybrid or all online. So yeah. what I've done is I've started creating a resource library, essentially, of videos or um, like screencast videos showing parents how to log on to this, how to do this math strategy, how to do all of these things to make them feel more comfortable about the concept of their child being in their care during the school day and having to try Mm -hmm. to figure that out. Um, You know, and, and, you know, kind of going to the whole parent thing, Jen, I had a parent of a student who I had this past year and this little girl, oh my goodness, my heart, my heart just loves this little girl. And she was known as, as a toughie. Uh, behavior wise. And, you know, we got into a system with her and instead of hating coming to school, she loved coming to school. And her mom messaged me this little note that she wrote me like, dear Miss Post, I love you. You're the best teacher in the whole world. I miss you. Um, And the mom said, she's having a tough realization coming back to school that I'm not going to be her teacher this year. I know, I know I wanted to cry, (laughs) but this mom continued the conversation with me about how thankful she was of the connection that I made with her family because it changed her daughter's outlook completely on learning and attending school and education and the importance of it. And, you know, when we think about our stakeholders, parents are our number one stakeholder in this whole thing. And, you know, Danielle, what I would say is if, if you're afraid of what parents are going to say during this time, over communicate. And I yes. know, yes. you know no communication is going to make it a lot worse than over communicating. And, you know, I know that I'm planning <clears throat> on attaching, you know, videos to emails and things like that with them. That way they can see me. Um, you know, I'm also planning, I'm going into my classroom and I'm going to video what it looks like. So that I was just going to recommend that as a yes, yes. because they're not going to be in my room. We're not letting parents in the building at all. Yeah. Um, we're not letting volunteers in. We're not letting, I mean, nobody from the outside is coming in during the day, just kids, um, and staff. And so parents need to know those things. We're not having an open house for the first time in forever. And so parents aren't going to get to meet you. They're not going to get to see the classroom where their child's going to be learning every single day. So, you know, as you're thinking for this year, whether even if it's virtual, you need to make sure you're making those connections with parents Mm -hmm. first and foremost, because they will be your biggest help in motivating your students. So just make sure you're making those those connections C- yeah. consist consistency in your communication is going to be massive. They need to know when they're going to hear from you and how often so that when they hear other news and they're worried, they know that something's coming from you tomorrow. So you'll yeah. hear from them, right? Or to update. You can also update them more than what you scheduled out, right? On important things, because like you said, they're going to hear from a lot of places, right? They're jumping on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're watching news. Like they can get, you know, they hear a rumor from another parent or get a random text. And like, if they haven't heard it from you, they're going to hear what they hear and assume that's what, what is, uh, what's going on. Uh, and honestly, you know, from a parent's perspective, when I hear news and then I don't hear anything from my teachers, I'm kind of like, where are you at? Like, that's just, that's my cynical parent side. Like if I hear something change and I don't hear anything about my, how that affects my child's schooling, I'm wondering like, what are you doing right now? Are you not paying attention? 
should I be trusting you with my kid? Now I try to set myself back. That's my initial <laughs> gut reaction. Right. But, but like that's, that happens. You have to, and I saw, you know, I saw uh, my, my kids uh, and we saw a lot of teachers get attacked uh, wrongfully because they weren't commuting enough. And it's just a matter of communication and it's okay to communicate with, Hey, this happened. You probably saw it. I'm not sure what that's going to do yet, but I want you to know that we'll work on it. And I will let you know the seconds update. That's better than nothing. Like you said, right. Yeah. Um, just let them know like, Hey, I know you just heard this massive update from either the president or from the state or from our whatever. Not exactly sure, but I need you to know that we're meeting tonight and I will let you know as soon as I have any more information, even if that any more information is still don't know, but we're working on it. Right. So I think just over communicating is going to be really key, but letting them know how you're going to communicate when you communicate and why you're communicating more than normal so that they understand and they can feel that comfort. I love the idea, man. We've, we've heard a lot of different teachers doing that of, doing video and a walk through the classroom. Like, here's how I'm keeping your kids safe. Here's what we're doing. Here's the learning environment. This is how we're going to overcome the, you know, maybe not being able to do small groups the same way. This is what the hallway is going to look like here. Here's all the tape we have on the ground for directions and what our lunchroom setup is going to be and all those types of things. That's going to be, that's going to be important for them to understand. So. And I think that's just reassuring to parents too. You know, Mm -hmm. you really are trying to flatten the walls of your classroom, your school now more than ever. So with the videos and, you know, and I think it's important too to communicate in the ways that reach the parents. You know, some parents email is going to be perfect. Some you might need to have a private class, you know, depending on what your district allows, but a private Facebook group, you know, Remind app, Class Dojo was a big one that we used at my district this spring when we had that so that they could communicate. Then we even had our L teachers using the WhatsApp because that was reaching a lot of our ELL parents that way mm. um, and things it could translate. So just making sure that, you know, you may have to, you know, use multiple modalities, but you want to reach as many parents as possible. But I have to agree, Amanda, you can't over communicate things enough. And even though being a classroom teacher, not all decisions are yours, letting them, mm. like Jeff said, like, yep, we know this happened, you know, and as soon as I have more information, you know, because they just, they just want to know that, you know, parents are afraid, you know, we're all mm-hmm. afraid. So the more we can reassure them by saying, oh, the classroom still kind of does look nice, even though they're six feet away. Oh, I'm glad yeah. you're still doing that. Like I, the more reassurance we can give our parents right now, the better. Well, for sure, because it's not just that they're worried, but they're handing you their baby. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they are in the middle of a crisis on their own, you know, even just going to a store feels different and going some, for some people, they wear their masks on walks, you know, like people are in a different mm-hmm. place. And the reality is they are handing us their most prized treasure in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and they're saying, I trust you that you're going to take care of my prized treasure for the next eight hours. You know, so you guys are so right. We just have to just keep loving on them. It's not just going to be about taking care of the students. It's going to be about taking care of the parents. Yeah. I also want to note that, you know, the idea of doing walkthroughs of your room and sharing the learning environment and everything like that. Also a great idea, even outside of a pandemic, by the way. It's <laughs> um, always a good thing, right? Uh, over, you know, communication, consistent communication, maybe not as much of the over communication, not in a pandemic, but all the time is good because people are active people are going you know around like you know it's uh it's it's less common that we have anyone at home in a ho- household waiting to hear what went on in school right we have more two two income households than ever before and stuff so like they got a lot going on in the world and they that communication is important for them to know oh yeah and my kids are okay too right because things are going on so yeah right now more than ever 
Um, so I, I think it, it all comes back to just finding those. How do you communicate right now with everyone? How do I build those relationships right now and build those both with your kids, both with your with your stakeholders? And I, I would I'd continue to take that further out of not just stakeholders, but also just community members because they influence everything as well. So even someone in your community who does not have kids in your school, but their neighbors do, that person has a, an impact on how your job is and how things work and how your students and their parents perceive things. So they need that communication as well. Maybe not the same communication or the as as much, but sharing that out and letting your community in general know that, hey, like we've got this, we're, we're making this work, um, I think is really important all around. So- Awesome. This has been a good conversation. You two are, uh, you three are all pretty awesome. If I remember <laughs> how many people I have. Um, so I'm going to let you all get off to your day. Uh, thanks for everyone who tuned, who you chimed in, who was in the comments. We appreciate all of you. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening and make sure you join us in the group or on the Facebook page or on Twitter or on Twitch or on YouTube. Uh, we're back here tomorrow morning. Uh, this tomorrow is actually the last one of this back to school edition. So we did last week and this week. Uh, so tomorrow is the last last one we're doing. So make sure you jump in here tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I've got a few people with me. I got, I'd have to look. I think I got Megan with me. I think Andrea's here. Uh, I think Jen Apple's going to join us. And there might be a couple others that I haven't remembered. So, But I will be back here again tomorrow morning. I uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, tonight is Mastery Chat. So make sure you join us at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time for Mastery Chat. Uh, and then live afterwards. So Vic Nixon is uh, leading us tonight. He's an amazing educator and leader, such a good guy. And I believe he and Chad are going live after. It might be right. One of them is live with him after as well. So <laughs> uh, we will see you all tonight in Master Chat. We'll see you tomorrow morning here for another drop-in. Uh, Bobby, Jan, Amanda, I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for dropping in with us and everyone in the comments. Yeah. Thank you. Have an amazing Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Make today Bye.